Welcome to another episode of This Is My Generation, a podcast full of information for parents in the early years of homeschooling who are seeking clarity and encouragement to get through the uncertainty of homeschooling and build a thriving education for their family. I'm Dr. Melanie Bisson, the founder and owner of Generation, a company transforming education for the six plus million parents now paving their own educational path for their kids, the next generation. We do this through our group coaching program, Harvest, where parents sow seeds of clarity in their vision and goals, reap the fruits that come from being aligned in your approach and programs, stay rooted in empowerment and thrive together in community. You can follow us on Instagram at underscore This Is My Generation. everyone. So I'm doing something a little different today, and I'm going completely rogue with my plans for this episode, and I don't have a single outline prepared. So I think I've mentioned that I don't like script, script my podcasts. Um, but I, I do pretty thorough outlines. And now that I'm you know, 20 episodes into this, um, I'm starting to get more of a feeling for what I actually want from it. But I'm also starting to see the episodes that are really resonating with you all. And it's the episodes where I'm, I'm just talking about the things that I talk about with my other homeschool friends with my friends in general about things that homeschool parents face about things that I am facing personally and i think i'm hitting this wall in my my business and in my approach to my work where it's more raw and vulnerable and I'm doing a lot of work, like getting out of my head in terms of like the academic scholar polished upside and what I present to the world and to potential customers versus the side of me that actually applies all of those concepts in conversations and helps people. (laughs) And that's the side that I'm passionate about, right? Like, the academic scholarly side was what needed to happen to produce like published results and get the work out there and, you know, to perhaps craft a a marketing sales page for the website or something. But the way that I talk about these concepts on here, I really truly want to be, I want it to be the way that I would talk to you if you were like here right now, sharing a cup of white toasted chocolate iced coffee from Duncan, which is what I have as I'm staring out at the river. It's a cloudy day. The water's choppy, but like I'm literally just sitting here and I I can see other people walking past. Somebody's trying to fish. God bless him. It's very windy, but like I, I, that's what I want it to be. And I'm reminding myself that the podcast that I enjoy the most and the people and influencers and coaches and whatnot that I, that I admire the most are the ones that are bringing you along for the ride on their personal development journey and just on their evolution in general. And it's just sort of like realizing that, yes, like I might be an expert in this niche area of homeschool decision-making. And this is what I studied my work on. Um, 
but letting that perfectionist side of me like not present only that like in the material sense right and present more of who I actually am which is the whole premise is that I am a homeschool a new to homeschooling for myself and my family mom on this journey with you going through all of these things so like thinking about where we are again in this time of year like there's a lot of us that are second guessing ourselves going through worry going through doubt do we need to buy another curriculum that's on cyber monday sale or you know do we need to think about re-enrolling our kids in traditional school in january like after the holiday break like whatever it might be like we're still in the thick of it. And even if you're a a seasoned homeschool parent, I know this because I talk to them regularly. I have close friends that have been homeschooling for seven to 10 years that, that they still go through all these seasons too, because on top of all the, you know, quote unquote, regular motherhood stuff that we, that we face, we also have the complexities of homeschooling and we get in our own heads and we overthink it. And we mull on it and maybe we don't talk about all the aspects with our friends because we think that, you know, they're not going through it or, you know, our spouse can't relate in certain areas and and we're shouldering that burden ourselves by choice or by not, right? Like all of these things. And so I wanted to share more of my research or actually just introduce you to my research um, because I am passionate about the framework that I developed through a lot of toil. (laughs) Um, I mean, I think back to when I was actually writing this and I swear, like I can look at this 220 something page book now, this document And there's literally so many times where I look at it and I'm like, you didn't write that. How the hell did you write that? Who are you? (laughs) Um, Because it's good. And it's okay for me to say that now. Um, But like just the amount of self-trust that I still need to develop that like, I wrote that. And I wrote that when I had a newborn. Like it's a, it was a two and a half year process of writing. Um, but the actual results chapter and when I developed this framework was done when Levi was two, one month old, two month old, three month old. Um, I mean, it's just, it's, it's mind boggling. Um, I, he got up to, cause I'm, I'm doing the math in my head. That's why I'm pausing. Um, I defended February 1st, which means I was completely ready to defend final reviews from a month or so before that. And I remember we did submit prior to Thanksgiving break um, the final chapter four. Yeah, so I wrote chapter four when he was like four or five months old. Um, And chapter four was sort of the easiest to write in the sense that it was an executive summary of the whole thing and then what you do to distribute your findings. So yeah, what what I'm going to talk about today, my the actual framework that I developed uh was written when he was like a newborn newborn. And it's just like it makes me want to cry sometimes. Um 
in awe of myself because gosh darn it guys like aren't we so freaking hard on ourselves in terms of like what we can't accomplish or uh what we believe we can face or just when we're in the thick of like some discouragement and the self-doubt and worrying about whether we're doing the right thing like we only see the negatives right like right now I'm only focused on what I know I should be doing, but I'm not doing and the things I should be doing with the business and what God has put on my heart to do to help homeschool parents for the last, gosh, three years, because he called me to this before I even started my doctoral journey and the guilt and the shame that I put on myself for not being further along or, you know, these, these peaks and valleys of motivation and productivity that I get and my inability to be consistent sometimes with the program overshadows what I've accomplished in getting a homeschool routine set up and it overshadows the fact that I did not believe I could even be a homeschool parent. I didn't even want kids in our, when, when I was married to my husband the first time. Um, I'll tell you guys more about that testimony. I'm sure at a later time, but yes, we've been married twice. Um, I might've mentioned it in the, the intro. Um, I don't even remember <laughs> at this point. We're 21 episodes in. So like I, sh- I should even just like pat myself on the back for, for doing that consistently. Um, you know, but like I, even though like having both kids home now has been very difficult for, for many different ways, I thought I would be miserable and I've been able to find a lot of joy I've been able to spiritually ground myself in the mornings and, and put all that effort in. And so I say all of that, you know, not to get off track, but to say like, we always beat ourselves up for the things that aren't working or worrying about the things that we don't need to worry about yet. Like let tomorrow worry about itself. Let's celebrate and look at all the things we've already accomplished. And, um, and I have a tendency to think like, Oh, okay. Like I did an episode on, uh, you know, celebrating the progress, but like it was 15 minutes and it was a month ago. And the whole premise of a podcast is to continue to bring new, you know, community members and listeners into the fold. And that like, I can't read a book on a topic one time and remember it these days because hello, mom brain and just so many things coming in and out of our heads on a regular basis. Um, and so you need these concepts and these tools and, and, and all these things repeated to us regularly to remind us. Um, and so, yeah, it's a little like nerve wracking and kind of like, uh, uncomfortable for me to like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to record this podcast. I'm sitting here at the river and then I'm going to upload it and I'm not going to fuss about what it sounds like, what it, uh, what it looks like at the end of the day did I cover what I thought I was going to cover like I'm just I'm going to talk because if you were right here with me this is what we would do and I know that the work that I've put in to this research and the findings that I discovered and the work that I'm doing now as a new homeschool mom and putting all those things into practice and application um that they resonate and that they can help and that that's what I'm here to do and that's what I love to do and I don't want anyone on an island by themselves. Um, so anyways, there's my 12-minute rant and introduction <laughs> to my my unoutlined, unbulleted, pointed 
let's just go for this. So um, to kind of frame out the study a little bit and what I did. Um, so after, you know, about a year of doing all of the research on what the existing literature said on homeschooling, the, the big revelation was that all we really had as scholars and academics and just now parents and people trying to understand what homeschooling is were some U.S. Census surveys, you know, which go out every 10 years, um, National Center for Education, uh, their statistics center has some regular yearly and, and bi-yearly education surveys and, you know, papers and results that come out and a couple other like publications. Um, so when really looking into like the reasons why parents homeschool and knowing before I got started that there was like this plethora of interconnected factors and all these different facets that go into making the decision. So like whether or not the people that I studied and worked with my participants, like ultimately decided to homeschool. It's about our approach to our child and their education and their, the raising of them really in general. Um, and that's what I wanted to understand. So like my central research question, like the main question I was seeking to answer that everything I did aligned to was how does a parent's lived experience influence their decision to homeschool? And there's so, so, so many factors that go into that, that came from that. There's subconscious and conscious, there's external, internal, all these different things. Um, there's like 55 of them overall when I started like um, going through all of the interview transcripts and all of that and doing what we call coding, um, which is like, you know, like hi highlighting keywords and putting them together and all these different um codes and settings and all this type of stuff to, to, to find the meaning and to sift through it all. But anyways, what I ultimately, and, and I had a, you know, like you have to approach your research question and your research study through the lens of something. And so usually it's a theoretical framework, some type of framework that already exists from a published study or a researcher. Um, and you're seeking to prove or disprove against that. With, with your own question and results, um, or you're doing what I did, which is more unique and rare, um, and that's a conceptual framework where you're taking other concepts and ideas that you think would apply to your idea or your question and disproving or proving from there. Um, and I went that route because my study was, I ended up doing what, what we call a collective case study. So I had, I had 13 participants, 13 families. Um, it ended up pretty much being what's called a grounded theory, which is you're developing a, a theory and a framework from your research. And it's adding to the overall published body of research on this topic. And, you know, homeschool is one of, one of those topics in education that's not really popular to study and research because no, the government's not funding homeschooling, right? Like why do, why does somebody in academia who's going for, you know, maybe a tenured position care about studying homeschooling, right? Why does that impact their 
career, right? It, it doesn't. <laughs> That's why there's not a whole lot on it. Um, but for me, and the reason why I chose Baylor University was because of their problem of practice approach to the doctorate. It wasn't just solely because I have an EDD, not a PhD, um, because the PhD is it, the whole process is, is, of writing and defending and, and, and conducting your research is exactly the same. It's what you'd really do with it after. Um, and for me, it was in the capstone process and applying it to what I wanted to do professionally, which is now what I'm doing with, you know, uh, a life coach, homeschool coaching business and, and continuing to develop tools that will help and support homeschool families versus being in a, a, a tenured professor role or something like that. So anyways, or long, or, you know, a long-term research role. Um, although I don't think my research is done, but anyways, anyways. Um, so I had some decision-making theories that, uh, made up my conceptual framework and how I thought people might make decisions about homeschooling. Like you're either, uh, fast or slow, sort of Daniel Kahneman's, um, you know, impulse decision-making theory. Um, and, and I had two others, which are not really relevant to this discussion. Um, but overall, like they, they, they had some, some tidbits, some nuggets that were helpful and informing my results. But really, as I started going through everything, uh, result wise, like I just kept seeing all these conditional relationships and I worked through, uh, this type of like data analysis approach, which I won't bore you with, but ultimately out of all these like 54, 55, like categories, um, of the the who, what, where, when, why, in terms of like homeschooling and all these different factors. Like as I started examining everything in detail, um, I started developing this matrix and this framework for how we as parents approach the decision to educate our children, whether that's to homeschool, whether that's traditional school, what it looks like, what our goals are, what we're reflecting on in our past, and man, is it complex. And so it's what I wanted to talk about in terms of being able to walk through these five steps when you, when you're faced with the decision or when you're faced with this plaguing worry and second guessing of yourself. And am I doing the right thing to walk through these five steps in the commitment to your child's education is going to be very helpful because it's going to continue to ground you and give you something to come back to every time. Because you can apply this five-step process, this framework that I'm going to walk you through, even to smaller decisions, even though this, the decision on curriculum is not small. But like, you know, yes, I applied it in my research to the decision to homeschool, but it can be applied to all the other decisions within our homeschooling or education journey. So as you're picking a curriculum as you're picking an overall homeschool approach, as you're working on your schedule, you can still go through these five steps. Um, and I think it's, it's important to sort of like do it every year and just get comfortable with this process. Um, and what is inherently in it, because we're going through a lot of these things, whether we know it or not. Right. I studied these 13 very diverse families from across the U S over a six month period in their decision to, to homeschool or not. Cause it was, it was pretty much 50, 50. Um, 
more may have made the decision, but by the time I concluded the study, they were, um, they were still undecided. Um, but the, but their processes in the decision-making remained the same. And that's, that's what I'm walking through. So, okay. The five processes of the decision to homeschool or of any really decision-making in general, when it comes to education and our commitment as parents. Um, I called it the FAST framework, like the family academic selection theory. In hindsight, it's an awful, I don't know if I mentioned that before. It's kind of an awful name. It worked really well as an acronym. Some of my like peer colleagues helped come up with it. And it, and it does frame like family academic selection. Like your family is walking through how they're going to select and choose their academic path for their children, et cetera. Um, and I loved the irony that of the name FAST, even though it's a very slow, methodical process. Um, but it really can just be renamed personal decision framework, you know, for edu- mostly for education. But I think as you get into it, you, you start understanding how all these factors and influence um, impact our, our everyday decision making. But anyways, OK, see, this is what happens when I don't have a. <laughs> a bullet point or like timestamps. Usually it's timestamps because I'm trying to keep this short for y'all. So like stop talking about this at X point and go into, you know, whatever. But here we are. Okay. So reflecting, visioning, discovering, feeling, and then decision-making. These are the five, the five steps. So within each step or process, like that's the action you're taking. You're reflecting, you're visioning, you're discovering. But within that is this broader uh, sense, uh, we call them like, a, a, I call it a mode. It's the way that we understand the, the consequences, not consequences in a negative way, but just the impacts. So, and it just helps give like some context. So in the reflecting process, you are essentially accepting things from your past, perhaps, um, and reflecting on things such as personal experience, past trauma, um, any overall, like, just difficult memories, like, what affiliations you might have to education, um, like, you're thinking about all the concerns that you might have. So I'll back up because I I talked about like the only information that we had were some U.S. census surveys and things like that. But there were three main reasons over like the 30 years of research that kept coming up for why people homeschool. It was religious and faith-based values. It was academic quality in the schools and concern over the environment. And those were the three. And they just kept like rotating if it was number one, number two, and like maybe there'd be a couple other things here and there, like bullying or school safety, like with shootings and stuff would come up in the more recent years. But like that was it. And so that's why you get so many of these stereotypes. Like people decide to homeschool, you know, because they're a bunch of Bible Belt Southerners who only care about religious values, but it, Stating that as the sole reason and not providing any other context for all these other interrelated factors, internally, externally, subconsciously or not, really does it a disservice. Same thing as 
you know, saying like, oh, well, I have concerns over the academic quality in, you know, the public schools. Well, that's just a major diss on public schools without actually talking about the rest of the information that went into the decision. Um, so the first thing you do, whether or not you know it, but now that you do know the first step, this is what I want you to walk through as you're second guessing yourself, as you're doubting, as you're you're worrying or wondering what you might want to do or shift or change or whatever for the new year is this first step of reflecting. And I know it's very hard to see it. Like you don't have anything to look at. Um, I have like this chart in matrix while you're listening to the podcast. Um, so, I, you know, hop over to the website and download the pathfinder guide. That's right on the main page. It's free because I have the matrix in that, that you can then like look at and stuff. I don't walk through it in nearly enough detail. Um, I'm going to fine tune where all that information is kept. But anyway, so, you know, this is just providing like this first step in reflecting is really like providing the relevance in your overall decision. It's giving you some of that initial motivation. It's the acceptance of these things that have happened in the past or the things that you've been mulling on and worrying about. It coming to an acceptance of these things and acknowledging them is what's going to propel you forward into the actual decision making. So, you know, the past trauma, difficult memories, like all these things, like were you homeschooled in the past or not? Like, what is the overall appeal? What stereotypes and misconceptions do you have about homeschooling? Um, lifestyle fit, um, all of these types of things, because what I found like during the interview process was that parents like discuss their positive and negative experiences with their education. And it revealed like past traumas that they were trying to protect their children from. Maybe they had like shared difficult memories, like from their childhood. Um, Like I think of one example in particular, um, this, and the names have all been changed anyway. So in the study, her name is Emma. Um, But I remember like she had a lot of gratitude for her internships from being homeschooled. And she had this really like overall fondness towards her homeschooling compared to her husband who was homeschooled until college and absolutely hated it. And so like they're coming into the decision with all of these baggage, right? For lack of a better word, with these things that need to be reflected on and accepted as valid in informing their decisions, right? Um, Another had a lot of traumatic experiences from sexual abuse from peers in public school. And so, like, obviously, right away, that's informing her uh, belief about public schools and, and instilling fear for her child in going that route, right? So it just provides an opportunity to let yourself sit with those things um, and and define homeschooling for yourself, right? Because those personal definitions of homeschooling really help determine the appeal of it in the first place, right? Like it's it's what provides the overall context and relevance for the rest of the decision-making process. And it's really like that foundation for the next phase, which is visioning. Because once you as a parent like very purposely reflect on your past, 
that's when you can begin envisioning the future for your child's education, right? And this is where you have your worldview and your philosophy of education, like all of that starts to play a really significant role in this visioning phase. Because similarly, like uh, my participants, like their beliefs and values surrounding religion and faith and family values and personal convictions regarding like learning and instruction, that this is when they like really recognize those and started deliberating on them, right? Um, you know, are life skills more important than academic skills? Um, do you value the younger years or are you thinking like long term? Um, do you have a desire for play-based learning with your kids and having that positive experience compared to how you w- were growing up or are, were you classically trained and you are, you know, hell bent on being classically trained for your students, for your children. Um, like overall, like everybody had really diverse opinions in all of these areas, but it, it was this shared equal t- commitment to getting the decision right for their families that, that, united everyone and unites us still to this day. Like it's why I'm not just focused on Christian homeschooling families or Waldorf families or SEA families, eclectic families, classical families, whatever it is, because our struggles with who we believe ourselves to be as homeschooling parents, what we're capable of, what we worry about, what we fuss about, all of those things are the same, whether or not our approach to homeschooling is the same. Um, and so, like, we just remain focused on the mission of evaluating all of these different facets um, in order to get to get through it together and, and to make ourselves stronger, better for it, and make our children better for it, right? Um, so within that, there's we did worldview, religious faith-based values, just your convictions overall about like learning styles. Um, Peer influence plays a role here. So, you know, if people have been telling you their testimonies and their stories about homeschooling, or you heard something or read a blog once, like a lot of those influences come into this visioning phase because it's all about belief and, and what you perceive, um, reality to be because this is sort of just like that dreaming phase then you go into discovering and this is like the meat of it this is where the choices are coming in and you're really like influenced by different behaviors and like these are all the the things that you might have tendencies towards like structure um desire flexibility you're like community minded maybe you've doing it for financial reasons, or like you were leaning towards it from an external factor because of school safety concerns or support system is lacking. Maybe you're relocating for military reasons. Um, Maybe you've got chronic health conditions, you or your child, um, and that led you here. COVID-19 was... um, it was not nearly as big of a factor because I started this before COVID hit. Um, and so then it was sort of like every question I got from uh, the leadership team and my advisors and stuff were like, how are you going to address COVID? Because obviously we were seeing quote unquote homeschool numbers shoot up in the middle of my, my research and my literature review. Um, but they, they aren't, 
they they weren't actually homeschool numbers. Now, yes, some decided to pull out and completely homeschool altogether, and they stayed homeschooling. Um, but what we were defining as homeschooling, we know it it wasn't right. You were just like learning at home for a little bit, according to what the state standards and and public standards still were. But anyways, um, that was still part of a choice for some people. Um, so when you're in this discovering, like this is all of that again, like the perception is the context, um, perception, your beliefs that lead to this, like seeking of new knowledge now and getting, getting all of this evidence under your belt for why you want to homeschool. This is kind of like when you have a pro and con list, this is everything that's going to be listed on that pro and con list because you're discovering actively all of these new factors, external or internal. Oh my God. I don't know if you guys could hear that or if my mic um, blocked it out, but this massive egret white bird just landed on top of my car. There might be two just landed on top of my car. Ate a whole bunch of racket. I'm okay with larger birds, but um, I don't, <laughs> I don't do well with small birds. My whole family and friends think I'm crazy, but it's like one of those, um, irrational fears. So I like literally jumped in my seat and we would be laughing alongside it if you were here. See, um, so anyways, this is again, like this discovery process is where you're like gathering all the information, conducting all the research on all the different factors that are going to impact you and your child's education, the curriculum, the health and safety, Again, relocation, all those types of things. Um, and then after that is the the feelings and the emotions, okay? Because once you have all of those choice and those beliefs and perceptions and all those things like lined out, now it's the feelings about all of those factors and choices and the complexities that stem from it all. Because discovery, that process is like the crux of the whole phenomenon of just like your commitment to your child's education and this whole decision-making process. Um, because it, the new knowledge that you've gained, oh my God, now they're like squawking at me. Jeez. Um, the new knowledge that you've gained and the choices you're made during this decision-making process are influencing your future behavior, Right. But there's feelings and emotions that are related to each new discovery, because while you're examining like your own personal needs, your capability, your privilege, even your role as parents, there's just all sorts of range of identities that are coming up. I mean, all sorts of themes from, you know, confidence, then doubt, disappointment, fear, frustration, um, I mean, gratitude, insecurity, love, pride but then also resentment. Um, but worry, 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 worry was the number one feeling that was expressed by every single participant. Um, you know, one worried whether or not she would fully recover from what she ended up very sadly having was a long lasting COVID-19 symptom. So she worried if she was going to recover to stay home with her daughter. Another was deeply worried about the bullying that her daughter might experience in public school because of her own experience. Then others were worried about peer influence and social interactions of children. And so, but you start to see how all of these are deeply rooted in the parent's identity and your own personal criteria and, and what you seek out of 
education for your children, right? So like we have to acknowledge those feelings, write them down, list them, and just come come to come to face with them, come to terms with them. Um because they are relevant. And you know, as y'all are sitting there, like I hope that you're starting to see and understand that like what you're facing in the moment in terms of like, can I continue to do this? Like they, my kid just keeps fighting me. Like it's a battle every single day. Like I'm worried we're going to get too into this and then I can't go back. Similar to how I like started to read back through my actual like study, the way it's, you know, like scholarly written, published, you know, front to back and questioned I don't really question, but it was like sort of in awe of like, wow, like, yeah, you did this. Just realizing how quick I was to forget that in the face of what's in front of me right now, which is just the everyday struggle, some of the doubt, the exhaustion that starts to come with it, right? It's not as fun as it was in September when we were starting it and, ooh, how homeschool going and, oh, it's going great. Like, don't get me wrong. It's still going great. I'm definitely in it for the long haul. I know that, but it doesn't mean I'm not so questioning and doubting like my approach, the curriculum, the schedule, right? All of those things. But coming back to this is what grounds me and helps stop all of the the questions and the, the spiral inevitably, because I'm reminded of all of the whys that are embedded in this reflecting process of my own past in the discovery process. And now in this, these feelings and emotions, because they all work together right into that final process, which, you know, is named decision-making, but because that's what you're actually doing. Right. So this is where you experience the most variability, right. Where we're all going to do different things because the time and effort that we put into all of the actions in the four previous steps really sort of determines the degree of action that we're going to take now in the decision-making process. And so as we like navigate all the different complexities of what comes up in those other four steps and categories and how they all interconnect and thinking through all the different contingency plans and hypothetical scenarios, and we like examine all the different trade-offs and the pros and cons that are in that discovery column. And like, we're having weekly conversations with our spouse or partner, or, you know, even if it's just us, like we're, we're battling in our mind, going back and forth through all these things, um, prioritizing, planning, like reevaluating, like, but cumulatively that process of reflecting, visioning, discovering, feeling, and decision-making, like it captures everything. And it doesn't leave anything out. And and that's where you can truly and effectively know that you have the care and thoroughness going into a decision. Um, because there's just there's there's so many different dimensions within the framework and within each of those steps. And that's why I sort of just like list all the dimensions out so you can kind of like go one by one to say, okay, well, what have I thought about this? And how does something in the, you know, personal trauma experience from my own childhood, like, let me just sit with that for a day and then let me move on to the next, um, the next item in the reflecting column. And, you know, maybe you do each column a week, maybe you do each column a day, 
maybe, you know, you can sit down and brain dump a whole lot of stuff and then, you know, move on and make a decision the next day if it's just about curriculum. But the the intent is that it's still all working together cumulatively to help you get out of your own head, to stop the fuss and the worry and have a foundation and a bedrock for how you made the decisions and where to go from there. Okay. Um, because at the heart of it, like that's, that's what we're trying to do. No one wants to sit in the indecision. No one wants to sit in worry and second guessing and doubting themselves, but we just need the tools for how to go through those things. Right. Um, because you might just be laser focused on one thing, like how the curriculum is working for you. Um, and not taking the time to see all of the other things that went into your decision initially, because you can only see what's right in front of you. Right. And there is a, there is a, um, a nuanced difference between a stress. This is probably a whole other conversation because I can already see we're 42 minutes into this, but it's worth noting that there is a difference between a stressor and something that would be beneficial working through the stress relief roadmap on versus a decision that needs to be made that you're, that you're starting to mull over and worry about and second guessing yourself. Um, it's, it's, I think very nuanced in the time that you spend in each of those, like, yes, you can use the stress relief roadmap to, um, get you out of a moment of doubt about a curriculum, but it's, if that doubt is leading you towards like giving up altogether or just completely changing directions, then it's worth, I think, continuing to go through the framework outlined here with the five steps of reflecting, visioning, discovering, feeling, and then decision-making to to ground yourself more. Okay, so now I definitely feel like I'm going way too far out and I've, I've lost a lot of you and you're like, when are you going to stop talking? So I'm going to wrap this up. Um, but I'm excited because this is the stuff that I enjoy talking about and continuing to break down and circle back to in different ways. So today was, was purposefully, um, a little bit long. And again, uh, probably still was a little overly academic in theory, um, because I wanted to introduce you to my research and the framework I developed. Um, but the cool thing that I'm looking forward to now is really being able to uh, pull out each one of those in specific applications for the things that you're facing and going through and, you know, helping you examine those and come face to face with those and trust yourself as a homeschooling parent to deliver on the things that you want to deliver on and the goals and the visions that you have long term for your child's education, because it is not a sprint. It is not a sprint. And we know that we, (laughs) we, we know that we say it, but we have to believe it. 
I have to believe in the long-term game, in the marathon. And ultimately, like the things that you give energy to are the things that are going to expand and grow, right? So if you're only giving energy to the things that you're worrying about, that you're doubting yourself on, that you're second guessing, then that's just going to expand in thought and it's going to take over time. Um, Whereas if you're putting time into the beliefs you have about education, what you want, what your goals are, circling back to those, measuring those, not obsessing over, but continuing to, to come back to them. It puts everything else in perspective, right? So, all right. Thanks for hanging with me on this. Uh, please, please, please rate each episode um, and subscribe and share so that it continues to uh, grow in the list of homeschooling podcasts. You know, now that we have the consistency uh, weekly, I'm really just trying now to focus on getting more eyes on it and being able to really hear from you guys as to whether or not you like it. Cause the downloads and the views are there, but I'm not getting any feedback as to whether or not it's resonating. If it's the same people that are tuning in and why. Um, so I would love to hear from you. Um, Melanie, this is my generation.com. Um, if you want to say something specific to me or ask a question for an upcoming Q and a episode, um, or if you can simply give us five stars or however many stars you deem with proper feedback, (laughs) I would greatly appreciate it. All right. Till next time. If this is resonating with you and you want to be free of the uncertainty and the overwhelm, then hop on over to thisismygeneration.com and explore the options for the Harvest program and download one of our free eBooks. I'm so excited to help parents get out of their head and get in sync with their homeschool vision and plans. Our four-step process of sowing seeds of clarity, reaping the fruits of alignment, staying rooted in empowerment, and thriving in community include all the concrete ways to overcome the common mindset challenges homeschool parents face and move you into a growth mindset that will trade the uncertainty and overwhelm for calm confidence. And don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast follow us on Instagram at underscore this is my generation.